And now, this is the DDT Wrestling Podcast with DC Matthews and Doc Manson. Doc Manson, are you feeling thankful? Oh, every day, DC, at the DC Matthews. Every day I feel thankful for the bounty that is before me. Do you have a bounty? Like the paper towels or just... (laughs) Funnily enough, I've stopped buying the bounty. The Kirkland brand at Costco is much cheaper, so I just buy that. It works just as well. What is what are your standards in terms of like are you okay with moderate quality paper towels? Yes, yes, absolutely. I think you know there is something to be said for the high quality paper towels, but at the price differential, it's sort of a wash. I think. Fair enough. We we tend. My wife is a, a wizard at finding deals and waiting and biding her time. And then when she finds a great deal, she buys. I recently bought paper towels for perhaps the first time in a couple of years, just myself personally, because there wasn't a great deal because with the pandemic paper towels are more of a rarity. And so I was just like, I'll buy paper towels. And of course I bought either bounty or brawny, one of the two. Um, because in my head, I'm like, I don't want, I want, when I'm, when it comes to paper products, and yes, I mean other kind as well, I need a superior quality product. When you're talking about other types of paper products. I'm clearly referring, you? clearly referring to bathroom tissue. Oh, I don't know why, but in my head, I was thinking feminine hygiene products, which, but that didn't make sense to me because you wouldn't have a use for those. Oh, wouldn't I? Oh, wouldn't I? Oh, Doc, I'd like to take this moment to talk to you about something that's been going on in my life for quite some time. Uh, I suggest seeing a doctor, a medical doctor, not a Doc Manson. Okay. All right. I often get those two confused. No, I was referring to bathroom tissue and how uh, I call it soya paper i need soya paper soft on why your do you ass. call it that soft on your ass i need s-o-y-a oh. soya okay so so we tend to get quilted northern <clears throat> though recently actually because of the new day podcast i've been pondering the possibility of baby wipes you know you're actually probably a good candidate for baby wipes and i don't mean you as a human being i mean y- your living situation because baby wipes are a bad thing in terms of it's not just baby wipes, but they even have these things that they call flushable wipes. They're for adult use. They're not for babies, but they're the same principle, right? They're liars, though. There's no standard in terms of what should be flushable or not. And if you talk to any plumber anywhere ever, they'll tell you don't flush flushable wipes. It's bullshit. They get caught in your pipes. They clog up the system. It's going to cause problems. Don't do it. But. Living in an apartment complex where you don't give a shit about the plumbing in your building? I'd say go for it. Why do baby wipes or flushable wipes clog the system, but regular bathroom tissue or toilet paper, we can just call it what it is. We're adults. uh, Why is that not so bad? 
I think it's because the flushable wipes are a thicker quality of um, paper because they're made to withstand also because they tend to be wet. So they, they're made yes. to, to uh, resist degrading while they're just sitting there in their package being wet. Whereas paper, whereas regular paper, toilet paper, it's, when it starts getting wet, it starts breaking down very quickly. It just sort of tears and comes apart. Uh, so I think it's more resistant, and I think it can cause Okay, that actually makes sense. Yes. Where it doesn't. And they even tell you sometimes, like, I mean, this is probably, I think, overboard. But some people even say, like, and actually, you know what? I don't know if it's overboard or not, because I think, if I recall, I read an article about this, maybe like in Consumer Reports, where they had, like, you know, a fake plumbing system, and they were just flushing, like, different brands of toilet paper. And I think they even found that, like, you know, if you own a home like there are some like even like the good brands like Charmin or something I think they found like yeah these don't really degrade and they can cause some serious problems like so they uh yeah even toilet some toilet papers aren't recommended for those of you who care about uh your house plumbing septic system I imagine there's less problems if you if you empty out into a sewer, but even still, I think part of the issue is these things getting caught somewhere in the pipes in the house sure. and causing an issue there. So I don't know when it comes to bathroom tissue. Are you also a Costco middle of the road type? Yeah, pretty much. Um, we do buy the Kirkland brand toilet paper and it's fine. Um, we don't buy like the super cheapo one. That's like, you know, sandpaper. We, yeah, but it's like the equivalent, I would say, of oh, like an Angel Soft or something in there. You know, it's not okay. bad. All right, yeah. that's fair. It's not um, Charmin, but you know, the, that explanation helps me because really, what I've been thinking of is, and just full transparency, as always is the case with this podcast, um, I've been thinking about it for work. Not that I often need to use any sort of bathroom tissue in the workplace, but mm. I was like, if I had some baby wipes or even flushable wipes that I could, you know, have with me, that would be an improvement over the, like, it looks like carbon paper. For those of you who remember carbon paper is what like industrial bathroom tissue is. And I was like, if they, if I clog the pipes at work, I really don't care because then I get to go home. But here's a, here's a question for you. How do you see, well, okay, actually maybe you have a private bathroom. I never considered that. You probably don't, but maybe like you have a teacher bathroom. Is that a case? Is that a thing? So there are, uh, there is one uh, men's room and one women's room. There is a unisex bathroom at the other end of the building. And then there is what I'm assuming is the principal bathroom or administrative bathroom that is right off of the main office that when I first got to my job, we weren't allowed to use because it was for the principal and staff only. And then that proceed that was lifted. And so now I use that only when there's no other option. So I guess, but I, yeah, that's interesting. That is interesting. And it is, and it is a single, the men's room and women's room is a single. How do you propose though, bringing the wet wipes into the bathroom? With I presume that I would have a small, like I'd get like the pocket size and just put it in my pocket. See, Cause that's the, and that, that is the problem because I had a similar idea. I actually went through with it. I brought them to work. Um, the problem is when you buy like the normal sized package of them, it's like, well, how do I get these down the hall without being yeah. the guy who brings 
Yeah. I don't tuck in I don't tuck in my shirt, so I could, you know, slide it into the waistband of my pants and put my shirt over it, but that's Can you awkward. just imagine though, the one time you drop them, they fall down your pant leg, they slide out into the hallway and all of the students of course are going to be there. It's between classes, I am imagining. And then forever, for the next at least the next 4 years and stories that are passed down through oral tradition thereafter, you are forever now known as the wet wipe teacher guy. I've been called worse. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> so fair enough. So I suppose you can chime in. You know, podcast at ddtwrestling.com. We're not moving to emails yet, of course, but no. Uh, you know, if if you have either your own preference when it comes to paper products, you know, we're you're not supposed to use paper towels at all. So what what is what is your thought versus moving out of the bathroom here? Yeah. What is your thought paper towel versus just traditional hand towel? I use like both could, depending could on what that, Could you go without paper towels? I don't think I could. Um, and that's probably the reason, reason why I do purchase them and I haven't gone without them up until now is because they're just too convenient. Mm. It's too convenient to wipe something up and toss it away and for it to be disposable. Like I get that that's why they're not good. But that convenience sure is nice. So I don't know, man. I'm not, I don't think I'm willing to give it up, especially because... Like, you know, we live in a world where, oh, there is a video on YouTube and there was a straw up the turtle's nose and now there's no more plastic straws and we got to get rid of the plastic bags, the single use plastic bags. They're ruining the environment. They're terrible for the earth. None of the data actually backs that up. Um, the, the, the canvas bags that we're using now are way worse for the environment between all the soap that you'd have to use to actually wash them. If you did wash them, which you probably don't, which means they're actually a health hazard for you and your family, especially if you're carrying um, raw meat in them. But that's beside the point. Um, but they're actually made out of a lot more material. And if you do the math on them, you'd have to reuse the exact same canvas bag like 150 times before you'd even break even. And I don't know about you. Like I have been reusing mine since the law went into effect for maybe how long was that? A year ago? Two years ago? Yeah. But, like, I don't think I've used them 150 times, and I've had more than one of them rip on me. So I think I'm in the hole in terms of whether or not my personal use of these things has actually been better for the environment than the plastic bags. And the other part of it is the fallacy that a lot of people come up with this is those plastic bags we were getting at this grocery store, they're not actually single use. I mean, maybe for some people they are, but not for me. I would get them. I'd use them to carry my groceries, yes, but then I would also use them to line the trash bags in the house, which yep. actually makes them dual use. So it actually halves the environmental impact. And then on top of that, at least for me, all of my trash is going to a landfill. It's going there. I'm putting it out and my trash is getting picked up and it's going directly to a landfill, which is, again, not the problem. When plastic bags go to landfills, that's good. They're contained. The issue is when you throw them on the ground, when they end up in the ocean, etc. Um, like, again, the actual data shows not really a problem, not yeah. really a problem worth solving. There's a lot of other things that we could do to save the environment that are way more useful. But you look good and it's optics. And that's it. It's an emotional you know? response. But when you actually look at it, it doesn't make any sense. And actually, now that it's a law, like, you know, but before it was, oh, I have reusable bags that I get. I bring to my Whole Foods or my Trader Joe's and I get my, you know organic asparagus and my free range eggs and all of that. Like my aunt 
whom I love dearly on the off chance that she would ever listen to this. Um, but that was very much her early on. It was very much the, uh, the, the unstated, I am better than you because yeah, sure. I have reason. I have reusable bags. Now we all have reusable bags and it's a pain in the neck. And now that we have a pandemic and I haven't gone grocery shopping in nine months, um, I got paper bags coming out of my ears. I'm like, I wish you would go back to plastic bags. Cause I, I like you, I had, did you have the, we got it at some local craft thing. It's like a little cylinder, a, you know, like a fabric yeah. cylinder that you mm-hmm. put the bags in and it keeps them and you hang it off your closet door. And so you always have bags when you need them. And now we're out. Like we don't even have that on the closet door anymore. Cause we used them all. And you know, we don't need them. They lined the bathroom trash cans and we would use them to like bring, you know, things various places but now i have 10 to 12 uh canvas bags that are sitting waiting i guess for when the world calms down and i can go to the grocery store although i'm so used to now having instacart come to my door i don't even want to go to the grocery store anymore i don't blame you i don't really ever want to go back to the grocery store it it used to be you know a, a regular part and i enjoyed it i'd go to the grocery store three four times a week we live right next door to one to pick up various items now I'm just like, nah, I go into the grocery store because my pharmacy's there. And I'm like, uh, if I have to go pick up one or two things, I'm like, this is really inconvenient. Look at all these aisles. Like, <laughs> I don't want to do so much this easier. walking. It's so much easier to just go, yeah, give me that and that and that. And if they don't have that, get that. Yeah. I mean, the thing I don't like about Instacart is it's expensive. Like the, the, the tipping is, is the thing that gets me. And I, I feel poorly because. You know, we do tip well, minimum, I think like 15%, 20% if they do well. And when you're talking about a full grocery order, 20% can be a sizable amount of money. Mm-hmm. Um, but once again, now that we've tasted it, like, I don't think I'm ever going to go back. The convenience, just like with the paper towels, too great. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go and drive to the grocery store, spend an hour going up and down every aisle, drive home. And put everything away. And, you know, it's not even the sort of thing where, like, I get away with not doing the grocery shopping occasionally. Uh, We've talked about it on the show before. Mrs. Manson doesn't drive. So every single time we go to the grocery store, I'm going. So I, again, the convenience factor for me uh, is through the roof. I'm going to ask you a question. Mm -hmm. I understand if you don't want to answer it for whatever reason. Okay. Has the pandemic made you want to live in a more urban or public transportation area for that reason? Not really. If only because in the pandemic, I don't think anybody would be inclined to use public transportation. So I don't really think it would help anything. That's fair. Because I know that, you know, when I believe when you and Mrs. Manson started dating, and I'm sure we've covered this on an episode or two, uh, she lived in the greater Boston area. Yeah, And she was able to get everywhere she needed to go with public transportation, works, which works out. And I think I've asked you a time or two, one or both of you, you know, if you would ever want to go back to that. And you've indicated that you'd be open to it. Yeah. But. I'd be open to it. But at the same time. Eh, eh, eh. Just, just everything is just way more expensive. Yeah. When you get and the problem is, like, area. I've got a job here and, like, I don't foresee myself getting a job easily ever again. So I basically have to hold on to this one until the day I die. So, you know. Wait, you don't think you're going to get a job ever again? Well, I, I don't have any transferable skills, really. Um, my training doesn't line up with anything that's 
would be readily available in terms of I'm out of research. I've been out of the research game for well over five years. It's not the sort of thing that somebody's going to just be like, oh, yeah, let's get that guy with almost no qualifications and who's done nothing in terms of the world of research for half a decade. But you you do a job that I imagine is also done at any other university in the country. Sure. But, you know, there's one person doing it at not every university in the country. So that's a limited number of positions. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not even, I I I I really don't think it's as flexible as like you. You can get a job teaching third graders, second graders, third graders. Anyway. Second, but regardless. You know what I mean? Um, The problem with me is I have now priced myself out. Having been teaching for 15 years. And honestly, so have I, I think. Yeah. It is much more tempting for a school district to hire the first year teacher or the third year teacher because while I'm not paid very well in my current district for a variety of reasons, um, I'm paid much higher than a first year teacher. And like I sort of said before, like, you know, I I do hold a second job now during uh, the falls where I, I do teach a college class, but I can't see myself ever making the transition to a full-time faculty member, certainly not at the institution where I'm teaching part-time. They no. would never be able to pay me anything approaching what I make in my full-time position now. So, No, but you, again, I do think that actually has more opportunity for you because there are science courses. To, there might not be your specific job in every university, but there are science courses taught at every university. You do have a PhD. You do have teaching experience at this point. Sort you of, could. not really. My, my teaching in, experience is still too tenuous that I think it would actually give me a leg up on getting such a position. I think I would have difficulty the, finding a job. Well, and from what I remember, the whole associate professor, professor thing is all garbage anyways. Yeah, once again, like I don't, I don't, I don't think it really matters where. Even if I were able to get a teaching position at the place where I work full time now, they would pay me significantly less than I make in the position I hold. Yeah. So what do I? And you might not know this. You start off as I believe an assistant professor or an associate professor, depending. But yeah, most of the time, and you know, I can't imagine they make much. No, um, I mean. Five years ago, a lot of places were only paying like $35,000. And was that per, that's not per class. That's, no, no. If you're on a, if you're on a contract, thank you. If you're on a contract where they're paying you like per credit hour, like you might make, you might make $1,500 or so a credit. So like, even if you taught a class that was three credits, you're going to make $4,500. And yeah. then you teach another one in the spring that's, That's $7,000 you're making for yeah. the year. Like you have to teach a lot of courses before that even starts to make any sort of sense. And all positions almost now, almost all teaching positions at colleges are those adjunct style positions where you're paid oh, sure. by the credit. Why would you, why would you need a full-time person where you just pay there? <clears throat> I've been, I no. let me rephrase. I have not personally been approached, but I know of teachers and uh, administrators who that's their side gig 
is yeah. they teach they teach at a um, you know the community college or the state college level, not like a, a big university. Um, and you know they're doing classes and they get paid for teaching a one three credit class. They do it once a week, and, and that's know. what I'm doing basically right now at the at my second job. I teach one class only one semester out of the year. I get paid by credit hour. Mm-hmm. And in fairness, again, I'm really only responsible for the laboratory portion of that course. And that's why I say if I were to go to apply anywhere, they're going to look at that and they say, well, you still don't have any lecture experience. I am now instructor of record, but it's still only for a lab. Um, and so essentially I have no experience yeah. that anybody's going to care about. Yes, but you are so obviously charming that I think you would talk, you'd schmooze you'd your way. You'd be surprised though. These jobs, honestly, like, cause again, before I got the position I was in, I applied to probably four dozen positions all over the country. I didn't even get interviewed at one of them. Like it, there are, you, I would literally follow up and they'd be like, yeah, we had 175 applicants. And that was every single position I was applying to. Yep. And that's, that's the reality. If you have a PhD and you think you're going to go into academics, good fucking luck. Do you think that's a bubble? Do you think, you know, our generation or maybe even the generation just before us, you know, that was the first that's, you know, the children of boomers. They, you know, were encouraged to go into academics. Probably more, a lot of them got PhDs, which the generation before them probably didn't get. And so now there's just this. Yeah, there's a huge bubble. Yeah, there's a dearth of bi- of PhDs in general. Biology is one of the worst that there is in terms of the numbers. Um, yeah, good luck. There, everybody, because it used to be back in the day, like, you know, maybe you got you got your high school diploma that's all that was expected yeah these days everyone has a bachelor's degree and that's going that's been that way probably for the past 20 years i don't know i, I mean i don't mean everyone but base but you know very high percentage and so the number of people going on to get advanced degrees now is also through the roof and they're just the jobs aren't increasing like there aren't more jobs in academics now than there were 20 years ago not really so yeah, it's it's not a great outlook. I'm I'm putting a question in the bestie chat. Granted, small sample size, but I'm just curious out of that group, like what their educational status is. I know what it is for some of them, but just mm. like, you know, how many if and I'm saying if they're comfortable sharing. But like I know I'm pretty sure Jeremy said the other day he has two master's degrees. I had no idea he had two master's degrees and he doesn't often talk about his life outside of wrestling, which makes sense. Um, what is your educational background? What degrees do you hold? Don't need subject area necessarily. Whatever Just you want to share. What, where you stand. Yeah, I mean, I hear you. Yeah, it just it, I, it, it just it is in terms of the statistics. In terms of the statistics, it's just far more common. Yeah, well, and even you know, in education, our our friend and former roommate, the arsonist, yeah, got a degree in uh, secondary history education and had a ridiculously hard time finding a job, um, because and that was that was what in the end. 
um, got me to choose elementary education was I was like, I'm a guy who wants to be an elementary school teacher. There are far fewer of me mm. than there are. Yep. There's Working far more favor. males. There's far more males who are science laboratory people or window washers like our friend GQ, who I don't know if you've noticed 23 minutes in is not on this week's episode, which is just fine. It's a busy time for window washing. Everybody wants their windows nicely clean for the holidays. So he's working like a dog doing that. Gotta be uh, sparkling. But um but yeah, yeah, it's it's tricky when everybody starts when everyone is educated, no one is educated. Yeah, I mean that's actually the sort of funny thing is uh, uh uh well yeah I mean I do think that the, the I think the overall the level of education in the country has gone down even though degrees have gone up. In terms of the quality of education. Yeah, for sure. Like oh, the definitely. ability like to think critically. I mean, I think I, I mean I'm probably talking more specific more specifically. I'm probably talking about things like media literacy in particular, you oh, know. But obviously. Yeah. <clears throat> the you know, the twenty four hour news network has caused us to create alternate realities based on what we see or hear or feel on TV. I mean, I think it's amazing when you've got a guy like Tucker Carlson, who's on prime time on Fox news, who, you know, gets sued for libel and goes in front of a judge and the Fox news lawyers literally argue that no one watching this show would reasonably believe that the things that he's saying are fact. That was literally their defense. And they won. They won. They, they said you would know that this is an entertainment product. But how many people do you know that are listening to that bullshit and they spout it off like it's gospel? Literally, yeah. the people who but are spouting this bullshit went in front of a judge and said that they don't think there's any reasonable expectation that people would take what we're saying at face value. But you know people do. Oh, of course they do. And that's just, it's so disingenuous. It, oh. I, I think, you know, I'm, Fox News clearly quite the culprit in that area. I don't necessarily think that MSNBC or CNN are better. I think no, they might not. have a better record of reporting the facts, but it's still at the same time. All of that needs every show. And when they come back from every commercial break, there needs to be you know, a spot that says, and it has to be said out loud, not just on the screen, that this is an entertainment program. I actually think that, honestly, there used to be a law in place. It was back... The law expired before Fox News formed it as, as it is today, that where there was basically this law that held news organizations to a certain standard in terms of reporting facts as opposed to, sens to sensationalizing it to produce sure. an entertainment product. And I actually think that's a law that needs to be reenacted. I think we've oh, proven absolutely. that we can't handle it. As soon as, soon as ratings came into it, ball game. Yeah. As soon as as soon as they started thinking about ratings, it was like, okay, if you're going to start wondering what to show based on ratings, you're no longer reporting the news. Frankly, I also think social media think. needs to go the way of the dodo. I think it needs to be broken down into smaller companies. I think it needs to be regulated heavily. Facebook needs to be completely broken apart. And you know, those that's the large one. But like, even Twitter probably needs to happen. And the the offshoot ones where you know it's going to cause the biggest amount of problems now with. Uh, you know, freedom of speech, but the things like the new conservative-minded parlor social network and so all of them, they all probably need to be shut down. All they do is disseminate bad information, misinformation. They need to be regulated. 
don't take away my fleets. I don't even know what that is. That's like a story or something. Yes. So apparently like Twitter is doing tweet. Yes. I don't have it yet. So, but they're also doing something now with, I think it's called spaces where you can have small group audio conversations, I guess like almost like a discord, I would assume on Twitter. So like, yes. So we could have, we could turn the bestie chat into actual, you know, verbal conversation. That's interesting. So I, you know, I like Twitter obviously, but you're not wrong. Yeah. Like it's just, I don't think the human species on a whole is designed to handle this kind of information or at least not with the level of education that's currently being provided to this country. So internet as a whole, positive or negative? I think on a whole, the internet is positive, but I think people's interactions with it on a whole are negative. Yeah. With great power, DC, comes great responsibility. And I think think we're failing on the second half of that. You think of all the things that you could be doing with your time on the internet. And then you think about the things that you are doing on your time on the internet. Hey, I'm doing a lot of research these days. You are. You are. Another fantastic episode of Horrid, I have to say. I'm only two pages into the next episode and I'm terrified because I've run out of back catalog. So I'm now writing the stuff that's coming up next. And oh boy, take a holiday is going to drop. Take a holiday break. Yeah, I might. We'll see. You got, you know, this, you've got Thanksgiving, you've got Christmas or do, or do an episode where, you know, instead of you, we interrupt this historic, the history of horror for a, and you know, you should write a horror movie. Well, not a horror movie. The horror audio play. All I'm going to pass Santa on Claus. that. I think GQ has got all the expertise in this particular group when it comes to uh, audio plays. That's true. What are we up to? Episode 16? Something like that. Yeah. Something like that. We were late getting the episodes up over the weekend, I guess. Um, but I was able to post 15 yesterday and 16 today, I believe. Yeah. So. I saw them pop up. But yes, excellent episode of Horde. I'm loving the the little mini history lessons. There's a there's a bit of Dan Carlin, I feel, when I am listening to the beginning of Horde, and we're talking about this person, and you know, the friend from France came over to watch, and I didn't even think of Robert Louis Stevenson. I'm thinking it's going to be somebody new, and I'm like, is it a serial killer? Is it going to be you know? Are we getting to the Lon Chaney era? I know we're getting close to the Lon Chaney era, so yeah. I had a story that I was thinking about putting at the start of this one, but I've started the last two with stories and this all, one would definitely be way more tangential to what's going on. So I kind of didn't do it, but I'm thinking it might come in later in the episode. They all, they all need to start with little bits of history. It, it's a nice way to kind of introduce. It is. I was going to, I have not been to your transcript page. First of all, I think it's great that you have a transcript page. I was like, we should have a transcript page. And then I was like, who the hell is going to code and transcribe our podcast? Right. And for me, like the transcription page is really just my script, you know? Yes. So Yes. But in my head, I was like, that'd be fun to kind of go back and read what we talked about. I was like, no, I don't think it would be. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. But um, I almost went because I wanted to watch the Jekyll and Hyde thing. But then listening to your description of how King Baggett? Baggett. 
bag it. I was like, Bagger Vance? No, that's the movie. <laughs> <laughs> King, how he was walking as Mr. Hyde. I'm like, I'd have, I, I got scared just listening to the description. Really? Little, like I'd be having that kind of thing. People moving weird. Like, like I said, always. man, I think it's more of a silly walk than anything. So maybe I'll look, but yeah, I was in the car listening to it on, it must've been Monday. And I was just like, that kind of thing scares me. How do you spell Baggett? B-A-G-G-E-T-T? O-T. O-T. Yeah. Bagot, like a bugot. Yeah. What an interesting looking man. Anyways. Yeah. So we've covered jobs. We've covered how social media is terrible. I'm getting some trickling in of people talking about their degrees, associate's degree, degree from a broadcasting school, a university level accounting qualification, a bachelor of arts about to start the master's. So, you know, people are, people are educated. It's a mix for sure. What else is going on in the life of Doc Manson? The holidays are coming up. You mentioned you might be. Looks like I'm going to the in-laws. Family. Yeah. So that'll be, All right. you know, that'll be fun. No, I will be. It will be. I don't have okay. the existential dread that I once had. I fully admit. When was, when was the last time you saw them? Um, it wasn't that long ago. My wife has a birthday at the end oh, of the right. summer. Yes. And it was around that time because uh, it was but- before I was going back to campus. I'd been home away for quite some mm-hmm. time. Uh, That's still two or three months. Yeah, it's been a while. And how is, if if you're able to talk about it, uh, I know your mother-in-law was having health issues. Is she still having health issues? Yeah, she had a pretty serious uh, respiratory infection. Um, Not exactly like tuberculosis, but related. Um, And basically she was on an IV antibiotic that she was taking, you know, at home twice a day, every day, hour long drips um, wow. for the last year and a half. Oh my goodness. Two years, maybe even, I don't know, something like that. And uh, yeah, like you're talking, this is when you start talking about people who have medicines that are like, you know, $35,000 for <laughs> a one month supply. That's what we're talking Absolutely. about. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, no, she's doing very well. She, uh, they, they finished up the treatment because it was it's a, it is like a two year long cycle. They do some checks where they look at the fluid in your lungs. They do some scans, et cetera. And uh, she's now got a clean bill of health. Hey, so it's all. Good. And honestly, I think she's better off now respiratory wise than she was at any point prior to this diagnosis. She used to have very labored breathing in certain situations, a lot of asthma, um, mm-hmm. But I actually think it may have been a low-level infection state that had persisted for years before becoming what it became, because sure. I did a little bit of reading on this, and there are cases of people who go through, who had the symptoms she had before, who go through this type of treatment, who are then completely cured. And from what I've seen of her talking to her, like just like the difference in, it's, it's a little gross, but like you know, the difference in phlegm that you can just hear in their voice or clearing mm-hmm. their throats or constantly coughing, it's all gone. It's all gone. Okay. So that's really great. Good for her. Good for her. Yeah. Good. Well, I'm happy for you and for Mrs. Manson, especially. And yeah, I, 
you know, hasn't been an easy road. That's for sure. No, but no. but it will be it will be nice to to see them, especially if you haven't seen them for a couple of months. I absence does you know make the heart grow fonder, and when you don't have to see them regularly, it's yeah. And I think her, you were visiting, you were seeing family at one point, if I remember correctly. And granted, it was both sides, but you were seeing family weekly. Yeah, like if if not both of them weekly. Um, I think I was seeing my family weekly. Hers maybe monthly, somewhere in there. Okay. Every other month. Yeah. Um, you know, we usually go to the Great White North. That's probably not going to happen because I don't think anyone's allowed to travel anywhere now. Um, I wouldn't recommend it, even if it's allowed. Not recommended? Yeah, well, only because it's crossing state lines and all that. So, yeah. Not a good idea. And then um, I got an email just yesterday from my own mother being like, why don't you just buy a turkey? And just have a Thanksgiving for yourself. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. But in my head was going, all right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No, so I mean, it's probably a roast- sad thing even for her to write that and to admit it. Like she probably, it probably did tear her up a little bit, but. It, my mom is having a very hard time with the holidays. The extended family on her side is drifting apart. Um, you know, the, there's a separate section of the family that is starting to do their own thing because there's now kids in the picture and it just makes more sense to do something there rather than try to do a big extended family thing. So it it will be a it will be a low key uh, emotional holiday in that sense. But, you know, if we're home, we can zoom or, you know, however yeah. we can stay in contact with them and that will be nice. Um but yes, I, I am quite looking forward to the possibility. Who knows what, what happens in the next week, but a nice quiet day where I can make a roast chicken or something like that. I don't need a turkey. Get a turkey, but, uh, man. Get a turkey. Small one. And then I want you to spatchcock it. I want you to go fancy. I, have, I do spatchcock chickens. That's what I'm saying, man. Spatchcock a turkey. Do it. A small one, a young one. I mentioned that I wanted to air dry it oh. like in the, fr- in the fridge. Yeah. And my wife was like, well, what's the purpose? And I said, it makes the skin extra crispy. And she's like, but we don't eat the skin. so." But I would is what you should say. Uh, there was that implication. Yeah, but she was going to slap it out of your hands if you tried. I got it. I got it. I wait till, you know, <laughs> she's busy with something else. And I sneak back into the couch. <laughs> Just inhale the skin. Yeah. yeah. She comes in. I like turn around. It's like dripping. It's like hanging out of my mouth. I'm like, what? I didn't do nothing. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't know, man. There's something to, there's something to the turkey. But hey, if you, I know it, it, chicken is basically the same beast, right? I also I also have a uh, a doctor's appointment. I think it's literally the week after. Mm. And I'm going to be getting my like triglycerides checked and all of that. So I should probably have a low-key Thanksgiving. I, she yeah. did say that if, if my numbers have gone down, because my triglycerides are a little high. If my numbers have gone, if my numbers have gone down, she's like, then we should have stuffing because we're we're probably yeah. not going to have stuffing on Thanksgiving. But she was like, well, then we can make it if you're if you're doing if you're heading in the right direction. And I was like, okay, that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's understandable. I will say, I went to the doctors in October and I had my blood work done, and huh, worst it's ever been, worst it's ever been. Are you on meds? Um, I've been on blood pressure medication for about the last year and a half, so nothing for cholesterol yet because historically my cholesterol has been good, uh, yeah. but this last time, the cholesterol and my triglycerides were both uh, high, not outrageously high, but high. How high? Uh, triglycerides How high were, were about 200, which and they should be 150. Uh, 
I want to say 700 was the number I yeah, got. Yeah, I know. I, that's know my, that's... I, I, I know. But, you know, again, our situations aren't necessarily comparable. <laughs> it's just. Yeah. I think it was, it's, it was either 400 or 700, but either way, it was I'm not pretty sure it was, it was like 700 because I think you've told me this a long time ago also. And yeah. that's what I remember. Yeah. So I have meds. Hopefully it'll be down a little more. Getting off the meds would be nice. Uh, but we'll see. They have you we'll on a statin of some kind or is it just triglycerides are your issue? That's it. He's like, every other number is fine. It's just that particular number is very high. Yeah. And I was like, okay. But I, that's actually good though in some ways because if I, I mean, I don't know this for sure. I'm not a nutritionalist, but it was always my impression that triglycerides were the most influenced by diet, but I don't actually know if that's true. I might be talking out my butthole. Yeah, I did. You know, I should have done research and I'm sure my wife did, but I was just like, <sighs> yeah, I wasn't sure I'll if like less. the doctor had made a recommendation to you. Or- Ad- adjusting the diet was definitely a good idea. Um, it was that he was like, try to do some more exercising. And that's the thing my guy these- always tells me, you got to do some exercise. I really want you to drop 15, 20 pounds. And I'm like, yeah, and I really want to, too, but it ain't going to happen. I am a lazy <laughs> sack of shit. And that's just you, the way it is. You have the little home gym. Yeah, I just, uh, I'm bad at doing things, DC. I was really impressed when I happened by Manson Manor a few weeks ago to drop the book off. And I'm pulling into your, onto your road. And there is a woman with a hat mm. and she's walking and she waved as I walked by. And I was like, oh, how friendly. And I waved back and then proceeded to drive to your house and had no idea where your wife was. But the dog was there. And I was like, all right, if Oscar's here, she's not out for a walk because Oscar's here. She'd take Oscar for a walk. Maybe she's in the shower. Maybe she's upstairs working on things. And then like 15 minutes later, she walks through the door. And I'm like, oh, you're the woman who waved. <laughs> I just totally just I was off in another world and was just like, I, she also was wearing a hat. I, I don't think I've ever seen your wife wear a hat before. It's not. She texted me actually, uh, as you were still driving to the house, she said, DC just drove by. I waved at him, but I don't think he knew it was me. Nope. <laughs> totally didn't. <laughs> totally didn't. All yeah. Right. I'll write it down. Somewhere. Yes. Thank you. Uh, all right. Would you like to go to the emails? I'm not sure how many we have. But uh, I think we have a couple. Yeah. Podcast right, at DDTWrestling.com yes. is the email address. Uh, is there anything wrestling-wise you're interested in at the moment? Um, I'm interested in AEW making a video game made by Ukes. I think that's cool. I think it's interesting that the New Day are going to be playable characters in Gears of War 5. Um... I'm interested that uh, Glenn has a qualification in the UK in both butchery and fishmongery. And so now uh, Mitchell's like, you need to get a doctorate. I'd love to call you Dr. Fishmonger. I'm like, that would be a good name. It would be. Did I get rid of the emails? God damn it. Um, Yeah, I, you know, uh, Survivor Series is this weekend. Is it? In case you're interested, it is. Um, it is Night of Champions, so it is the Wait. Raw Champions versus the SmackDown. Is it champions. Survivor Series or Night of Champions? They used to cu- they used to call it both. It used to be Survivor Series colon Night of Champions. Now it's Survivor Series Best of the Best. I think is what they're going with for a name. Wasn't Night of Champions its own pay per view? It was, but 
that was what I never liked is Knight of Champions isn't champion versus champion. It's just all the belts are defended. Oh, is this like, champion that, versus champion? This is Raw versus SmackDown. Okay. So in case you're curious, that means it's Drew McIntyre who regained the Raw title from Randy Orton. Oh, he had lost uh, it. On Monday. He lost it at Hell in a Cell. Has now recently regained it. So it's Drew McIntyre versus Roman Reigns, which should be a fun match. Sure. Um, the U.S. champion. I'm just going to tell you who the title holders are. I'm okay. not going to make I you guess. I have no idea. So. Uh, U.S. champion Bobby Lashley. Cool. Versus intercontinental champion Sami Zayn. That could be That's a good match. That match. could be a good uh, match. It should be a good match, but it's just weird. Yeah. Uh, the New Day, who are the Raw champions. This is Kofi and Xavier because Big E's not part of them anymore. Um, are taking on the Street Profits, who are the SmackDown champs. That should be fun. Okay. Uh, Oscar versus Sasha Banks, champion versus champion. What happened to Bailey? Sasha beat her. Oh, okay. They finally pulled the trigger on that. And then we have uh, your men's and your women's elimination matches. Five on five, brand versus brand. What are those for? There's no titles. It's just bragging rights, essentially. That's what it used to be called. It was bragging rights. Oh, uh, okay. So it's, and again, uh, AJ Styles, Keith Lee, Sheamus, Braun Strowman, and Matt Riddle. I'm not calling him just Riddle. I think that's stupid. Is that um, what they're doing now? Yes. So that way people don't Google Matt Riddle and find out he's an asshole. They're just going to call him Riddle because, you know, that'll work. Sure. Uh, taking on Kevin Owens, Jey Uso, King Corbin, Seth Rollins, and there's one open spot on that. Wait a minute. That's an elimination chamber? No. Survivor Series. Five on five. Oh. Gotcha. Elimination match. Okay. And then I was like, I can there's fit all a women's those people match. into the elimination chamber. There's a women's match. They don't have all the participants. Nia Jax is part of it and Lana and oh, Liv good. Morgan. So it's going to be a good match. You know, uh, how does how do you as a scientist feel about Nia Jax saying idiot. that? Okay. Just thought it just just wanted to mention. Oh, just fuck yourself, to. Nia. You fucking <laughs> sack of shit. Oh, worked out even better than I hoped. Podcast at ddtwrestling.com. First email comes from Jeremy Stylin and Profilin. Gentlemen, as I was staring into the bathroom mirror this morning, wondering where it all went wrong, I realized that I needed a haircut, which got me wondering which pro wrestler had the best hair. So, my question to you, Hansley Coiffed Sirs. For each decade of the 80s, 90s, aughts, and 10s, which pro wrestler had the best hair? Define best as you wish. Maybe it's a luxurious flowing mane. Maybe it's a particular style or cut. I'll spot you the 70s. It was Harley Race, and he has a lovely picture, I'm not sure why, of Bob Ross not wearing a shirt. Very strange. <laughs> I was just thinking that. It is definitely a Bob Ross uh do you call that an afro? What yeah, is, what I is think that that's style? an afro. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, this is interesting because I was thinking, I know we have killed your love of the DDT Awards. We have ruined it for you forever. Yeah, I mean, really just you. But yeah, 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 yeah. We, we can say we. I left early. Like, I don't understand <laughs> what the It wasn't the was. fact that you left early. It was the fact, and it was it was never the fact that I had to put it all together. I enjoyed putting it together, but 
what bothered me was you weren't having fun. It was supposed to be fun. And you weren't having fun. That's all. That's well, all. I'm sorry. It's not. It's okay. It's clearly not. Your voice doesn't go that high when things are okay. It's okay. It'll <laughs> yeah. be fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> I was thinking, I don't remember if we've done an all-time, like we do it of the year, like, you know, the Triple yeah. H Memorial Ponytail Award for Best Hair. I'm like, we could do an all-time one and just... um. You know, Ric Flair is the person who comes to mind for the He's 80s. He's got to be like I'm, peak 80s hair, right? I'm partial just for f- the funny part for um, uh, Road Warrior Hawk. Oh. Like <laughs> the the weird double mohawk thing is a pretty interesting look. Although Animal might have him beat because he had a mullet with it at some point. Mm. Like he had a rat tail and a mohawk and the weird side stuff. Um, I don't think you can go wrong best, with Flair though. Yeah, I think that's it. I feel like the 90s, it has to be a mullet. Whatever the, like Mike Awesome's mullet was ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, you might talk about like Kevin Nash at some point probably had some nice flowing locks. Diesel had good hair. If we're we're going with legit nice hair, Diesel circa 95's hair was pretty luscious. Yeah, something in there probably is all right. He went to WCW and it all got, it all went long. Uh, the aughts are obviously Triple H. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the tens then, are probably John Cena. <laughs> Come on, that comb over that he started doing, it's so good. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. If we're talking, I, I'm thinking, you know, vintage John Cena. No. If we're talking his hair recently, absolutely. Yeah. It's actually probably AJ Styles if I had to pick someone personally. Oh, that's true. But The little Dutch boy. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. Uh, next up is Glenn Survivor Series. Hi, guys. Really enjoyed all the other content that all three of you have dropped this week. This week's question is Survivor Series related. Which are your favorite Survivor Series matches and which ones have made you cringe and want to turn off? My favorites are Taker's Debut and the NXT Invasion, Cringeworthy, The Clowns, Versus the Kings. Thanks, as always, Glenn. If I recall, Clowns versus Kings was, um, what's the right term these days? Little people wrestlers? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Doink, along with Dink, Wink. Stink? Pink and Stink. Versus Jerry Lawler, Cheesy, Queasy, Sleazy. There's one other one. Lemon Squeezy? <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> But um, yeah, but yeah, I agree. And, and yes, that was bad. But I like the one. There is one where it's supposed to be doink, like the doinks, all four doinks versus I think it's like Bam Bam Bigelow and a bunch of heels. And it's men on a mission. And I think the Bushwhackers all in clown <laughs> makeup. That was funny. OK, I like Taker's um, debut. That's a good one. Yeah, there was also a I recent always, one. I'm sorry to cut you off, but there was a no, recent one, Go I ahead. think. With um, Dolph Ziggler pulling out the win, yeah, that turned into a really good match. That was, I think, that was the one where Sting showed up at the. That was Sting's debut, was it? Yeah, because I think it's Triple H. It's Ziggler and Triple H is there, and I think Triple H is fresh. And then Sting, oh no, Triple H is the authority figure out on the ring side, but Sting shows up, drops. It might have been Rollins drops Could Triple be. H, okay. and Ziggler picks up the win. Um. 
I always loved the old school where it was five tag teams versus five tag oh. teams. So there are 20 people. I always and wanted to turn those off, even as a child. They're surrounding the ring, so you can't even run the ropes. Every apron just, just people has people. Standing. Yes. Yeah. Just from a visual standpoint, that always made me laugh. Um, I always got, I got mad, you know, 96, 97, where they started moving away from, you know, all those early Survivor Series, it's all elimination matches. I do like the one where it was the winners advanced to the main event, which was like the battle of the survival of the fittest. So if you won the, if you were the sole survivor or one of the survivors in your early matches, you then went to the main event. So it was like Hogan, Warrior, and Tito Santana versus like six huh. bad guys and the baby faces came out on top. That was interesting. Hmm. But yeah, Survivor Series has always been one of my favorites. I've you know I've written about it. I've I've podcasted about it. It used to be Thanksgiving night or the night before Thanksgiving, so I didn't have school the next day, so I could have a bunch of friends over and we could watch. And it frankly, just like time. you know, knowing your proclivity towards um, tournaments and such, it really is sort of the closest thing you can get to a tournament inside of a single match. Hmm. Yeah. It's you know. Does it go back and forth? Is it going to be one person versus four people at the end? It's always interesting. Yeah. Our final email comes from Mitchell. Hey, what a segue. It's called Piece of Positivity. As I often do when I really want to email, but can't come up with a topic and am pressed for time. I'm simply sharing my piece of positivity for the week. This week, I'm finally going to be able to pick up my friend's Xbox One S. I wasn't ready to commit to a next-gen console yet, So I figured getting this was a nice way to test the waters, as I've been all Nintendo this past generation thus far. Since the Xbox One S will come with a controller I can actually buy a clip for, they don't make one for the Switch Pro controller, and besides that, I had to use a third-party app to get rid of the latency when using one via Bluetooth. I'll be able to try Game Pass on my Android more to see if that's a feasible way to play Xbox's next-gen offerings which would make the eventual Series X versus PS5 decision a lot easier. It's also the only way I can transfer up my Minecraft worlds from 360, as you have to have a specific version of Minecraft on Xbox One to do that. From before they updated everything to be the cross-platform slash cross-progression bedrock edition. This is especially important to me because nearly every Saturday for like three years in college, Me and my friends had Minecraft night, and it was all on the 360, so there's a lot of memories there. Lastly, I'm getting a great deal on it. He's charging $130 for the Xbox One S and five games, which are Fallout 4, Sunset Overdrive, Batman Arkham Knight, Raymond Legends, and Rare Replay, which is actually a collection of around 30 games. I'll also be able to transfer over some games from my 360. And worst case scenario, I should be able to trade this in for about what I paid for it. Sorry for the longer email, but I'm excited at the new options. Hope all is well. Mitchie. Is that the longest email you've ever read? I think it might be. Yeah. Um, Well, Mitchell, I'm glad. I always like when people share their pieces of positivity. It always helps uh, seeing what's making people happy. Um, You know, very good for you. Doc, 
these next gen consoles are coming out. I'm assuming you're not going to get one anytime soon. You tend to wait and let these things kind of. Oh, oh, he shrugged. Well, no, I, could be I, I only shrugged because last gen, I bought a day one edition of the Xbox One and I had it on launch day. Um, so last time I, I did buy one immediately, but that was sort of a special situation. I had just earned my PhD and it was sort of a sort of a finishing up gift to myself at the time. So, but yes, you're right. This time um, I'm in no rush to purchase. I don't know, honestly, if I even will purchase one ever. Um, I think seeing the amount of uh, use I got out of my Xbox one, I think I may just be sticking with my PC from here on out. The only reason I would get an Xbox is um, I was I was actually just looking at this today. I think that I'd like to replace my Xbox One because what I really want to have down there is an Ultra HD Blu-ray player. I'd like to have one that's relatively new so that it mm-hmm. will withstand the test of time um, and it might still be operational 10 years from now or 15 years from now. And I was looking at Ultra HD Blu-ray players, and honestly, to get a good one, it looks like I'm going to spend anywhere from 150, well, a good entry-level one, anywhere from 150 to $250, because it needs to do 4K, it needs to do HDR, it needs to do Dolby Vision, it needs to do Dolby Atmos, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and though the real good ones are $400, $700, money I wouldn't pay, but the one I'd probably be looking at would probably be around $200. And when I'm looking at spending $200, I'm sort of like, well, maybe I just want to get an Xbox One X. Or not one, uh, Xbox Series X. Don't get me wrong, that's significantly more money. It's $500. But at the same time, if I'm going to be putting out $200 anyways, I'd rather get a Blu-ray player that I could also use for other things, even though I probably won't. But I don't know. It just doesn't make sense to me to throw $200 towards a Blu-ray player at this point. But I... I might do that. I don't know. I don't have a ton of um, Blu-rays, but I have some. I'm about to have 20 more. So, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I, you know, I have no interest now, mainly because my PS4 isn't being used. You know, I, I we went up to the Great North for a, well, a long weekend, um, and I knew. I was playing Elder Scrolls Online, and I knew if I go away for three, maybe four days, I'm never coming back to this game. Uh-huh. It just won't happen. I'll get out of the the rhythm of playing it, and I won't want to go back. And I have not played a video game since, and that was probably late September, maybe the first week of October. Haven't played. Um, have been tempted recently. Um you know, there are a couple of games I have my eye on. Uh you've mentioned Hades. Oh. The more I hear about the more I hear about that. I keep playing more, Hades, man. I just keep playing it. The more I hear about that, the more I'm interested. I heard it has a quote unquote God mode where you like you just get more every you time stronger, you die, every you basically get an extra two percent damage resistance. So like it starts off not being very helpful, but if you just keep dying, it builds yes. up. <laughs> yeah. Well, and just, you know, you talked about it weeks ago and everything I've seen about it. It's nominated for one of the games of the year. Um, it's really quite it just, good. Yeah. 
So I, you know, I may get into some gaming, especially if we have a bit of a break for the holiday. There, that seems like a perfectly good reason to get into something. Um, but I have no need for. I've never owned an Xbox. I have no need for a PS5. I'm sure eventually I'll get one, but I just see the thing the with moment, an Xbox is then we would be more likely to be able to actually play together because there's cross-play. And Sony doesn't do a good job of, of supporting that crap. Huh. Because then I could have a whole other generation where you invite me to be your friend and I just ignore the notification for like five See, or six years. There, there was a 15-second window where I was like, that is the most compelling reason I've ever heard to switch from being a PlayStation guy to a, to a Microsoft guy. And then you and I ruined it because I still remember, yeah. you know, in fairness, now, like, oh. I, I don't know. I, we would actually have to look to see how good all that compatibility was, but I wish I had more people to play video games with. Occasionally uh, the arcs assist will text me and say, Hey, want to play? We got, and I'll spend an evening playing something with him, but I don't even think we've played anything since June. Maybe like it's yeah. been a long time. So, yeah, um, we are. My wife and I are looking into getting together because I was I was. Oh, well, actually, I can get into that with my own piece of positivity. Um, do we want to just transition? Sure, go since for that's it. Where What's your piece going? of positivity, DC? Um, I'm not a tech guy. We know not, not a computer guy. Um, this is an old laptop. This is a laptop that, you know has has gotten me through all of our podcasting but is probably in need of an upgrade at some point um i spent the weekend which is the actual piece of positivity getting rid of programs uh i tried to defrag it i think i did like it kept it was weird it took me a couple tries but i think i wound up no, I don't know. No, I don't know anything about your laptop. Most most laptops I, I, these days have solid this. state drives and they don't defrag anymore. But yeah, I, oh, I don't know. Maybe that's I it. don't know. Either way, I did a bunch of things. I realized I had an older version of Audacity, which is the software we use to record. I updated. I'm not having nearly the problems that I was having with it before. It's actually been working much faster uh, than usual, which I enjoy greatly. Um, having said that, between possibly podcasting, I have to look into it, and my wife's side business, we are debating the merits of going in together on a MacBook. Oh, cool. And then, and possibly getting a MacBook laptop, which will hey, then, if I needed to. I was actually just looking at MacBooks because I have a MacBook Pro right now. Uh, it's a two year old from 2018. I'm actually thinking about trading it in. They just released new MacBook um, Airs and MacBook Pro 13-inch that are using Apple silicon chips. I don't know if you know anything about this. They just released them like two days ago, like this earlier this week. Okay. Um, so basically, it's the same chip now that's in the iPhone is now being used in their computers. The new MacBook Air, it's a, it's a beefed-up version of that chip. It's not exactly the same. It's much more powerful. Sure. But the new MacBook Air has no fan in it. It's completely silent. It never gets above 36 degrees Celsius. And it's more powerful than the Intel laptops that they released earlier this year. And like, yeah, there's some backwards compatibility issues they have, but they have that, they have a software layer they're calling Rosetta 2. 
remember Rosetta was, you know, the Rosetta Stone, obviously, but when they first made sure. the switch from IBM to Intel CPUs, they wrote this software layer called Rosetta, which basically was an emulation layer, which let the new Intel chips run the old programs that were designed for the IBM chips. This time they're doing the same thing. They've added a software layer called Rosetta 2 that allows the Mac chip to uh, emulate the Intel programs. And the crazy thing about it is usually emulation is bad. Like emulation takes more processing to do. It's slower, et cetera. But like one of the things that they were talking about is like um, registering and releasing objects in code, which I know this doesn't mean anything to you. But basically the Intel chips, they can do a, basically a round of this grabbing an object and releasing it. The fastest it goes is 30 nanoseconds, right? The new Mac chips do it in six nanoseconds. It's wow. ridiculous. And on top of that, the with the emulation layer, when the Mac chip is emulating the Intel chip, which again, 30 nanoseconds, it can do it in 14 nanoseconds. It's still twice as fast when it's emulating. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. They've got like supposedly like 18 hour battery life and it probably in real world actual use, it's probably closer to 10. But like, that's fantastic. Yeah compared to the MacBook I have that's constantly hot, but fans always on, and it lasts for maybe four hours before it's dead. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I almost went out today to trade in my MacBook to trade up to one of these things. I would highly recommend looking into it. I would not be pressured into getting something bigger or going to the Intel chips. If you're going Mac, this is the future of that platform. I would highly recommend getting one of those new chips. I think they're fantastic. Just, just out of curiosity, if you know and are willing to share, yeah. how much are these new MacBook Airs going to go? Um, the new MacBook Air, the baseline model goes for a thousand even. If you, but actually with, um, you might be able to get the education discount. So take a hundred dollars off of that nine hundred. I'm pretty sure you can get the education discount. I'm writing this down because we were we were looking at some refurbished ones. And by we, I don't mean me. Um, we were looking at some refurbished ones, and they were between five and six hundred. Yeah. And I mean, for a brand new machine, again, I think these are an excellent value. Um, but it is—it's a little bit more than what you were looking at. I understand. But and I don't mind. Like I buy computers so rarely. Yeah. And I'm like, I would like to invest in one, and if it's going to be a quality one that'll last us a while, I think it. Then, I think it will. Um, I'm really, I, I was, I was holding out. I even thought about pre-ordering them. I was like, no doc, you are, you're getting too into this. Wait for the reviews. You have no idea what the things are actually going to perform like for all, you know, because the thing that was really weird about it is like the MacBook air and the MacBook pro 13 inch now have the exact same chip. It's the exact same chip, except the pro has a fan in it. And I was like, are they really going to have the exact same chip? They're going to have the exact same performance levels. Or is the MacBook Air going to throttle itself all the time because it's be running too hot and it's never going to actually reach peak performance levels? Because that's been a historical problem with the Intel MacBook Airs the last couple of years. They just throttle like crazy. They never actually reach their performance potential. But no, the reviews came out and everybody's just blown away. Like, don't get me wrong. The MacBook uh, Pro does hold performance for longer with the fan. But like, but they're they're doing benchmarks. It's just one benchmark called uh, Cinemark, which basically simulates like a ten minute long um, rendering exercise. Um, and so it's it's really loading up the machine. And 
honestly, like the machine, it never really throttles the way an Intel would, where it would lose all its performance. And in the end, yeah, it is slower, but it only comes out like 15% slower versus the MacBook Pro. Like for everyday normal use documents on the web, you are not going to see any difference between the Air and the Pro now. It's it really is mind boggling to me. Um, and I, I, I desperately want one. <laughs> and so would you recommend that as a podcasting? I think it would work well, very well. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you would definitely be emulating to use audacity for now, but again, I think it runs better than the old Intel one. So I don't think that matters. I do. I do well, think plus in, in I, the short I have term, used GarageBand before. What's that? I have also used GarageBand before. So like okay. if I could need, you know, now granted, we'd have to, I don't know how that would, although no, it would work. Cause if I just converted it to an MP3, it wouldn't matter. Exactly. So. And actually I don't use Audacity anymore. I haven't brought it up, but I've been using a program called Reaper for maybe the last three months, basically since Horrid started. Oh, okay. Um, um, yeah. Um, the only thing MacBooks is I will say, USB ports? Well, I will say, I do think that in the interim, yes, they're emulating the software. So there should be more or less full support for existing stuff. Um, sure. I suspect that there will be some growing pains over the next couple sure. of months. Of I think there will be crashes and things. I know like the version of Chrome that was out when the MacBooks launched like two days ago would crash on startup. But again, they have Safari. So... Yeah, and two days later, this morning, I think they released an updated version of Chrome that works. So again, there's going to be sure. some growing pains, I'm sure. But a dumb question, but they have USB ports, right? Well, sort of, um, but not really. But sort of, um, the last couple of generations of Macs don't have full sized USB ports. They have USB C ports, so it's the small ones. Um, so you can't plug most things into them. You have to get an adapter, a dongle, ah, but, okay. but yeah, but yes, you should be able to do that. It's just, okay. you would need a dongle, but that would go, I think for any MacBook released in the last two or three years, I think they've all been USB-C. So, and we'll see, you yeah. know, if this works fine, I could just keep doing this for yeah. podcasting. And and again, I don't know also what, you know, for- Mrs. Matthews use cases. But if it's if most of her business stuff is like online um, tools, yeah. like through a browser, yeah. I I wouldn't think twice. Yeah. Well, and that's gonna be that's gonna wind up being the thing because she has an even older laptop um, that she's using for her business, and that's actually gonna be the issue. Is we have Chromebooks, she has a Kindle, I have Chromebook. Well, she has correct, she has a Chromebook and a Kindle. But it's like we're not gonna need a laptop for much. Like I use it for podcasting, but other than that, I don't often use a laptop for anything else. So that'll be the question is how much do we anticipate using it versus how much do we want to spend? That's fair. So that's fair. That'll be the question. But yes, you know, I was enjoying that. I was able to get my laptop operating seemingly better than it did before. I'm grateful for that. What's your piece of positivity? Okay, um, I will go with a movie that I watched last night. Uh, a Girl Walks Home Alone at Night is the name of this film. Okay. It is a 2014 film. It's considered a Persian film. Um, there's There's Iranian actors and actresses in it, although it was um, filmed in California. 
it, it's shot in black and white. It has um, quite a good soundtrack. Some of it sort of emulating some sort of, I think, sort of like classic um, Western style um, music, I think. But then also, you know, postmodern punk, I think, as well, well represented. It, it has the feel sort of of a David Lynch film, a little bit surreal, a lot of really stark visuals. Again, the black and white really works out. Uh, the basic storyline is um, there's this town. It's a, this rundown town in Iran. It's an oil producing city. It's just overrun, you know, by uh, bad people basically living there, drug dealers, prostitutes, etc. And it's about this guy who lives in the city with his heroin addicted father. And there happens to be this woman, this girl uh, who walks around alone at night, um, who also happens to be a vampire. And it's, it's, it was really, really good. Like I, I didn't expect to like it as much as I did, but, um, yeah, I don't know. There was just some really cool visuals. There was just like this style to the movie. It just felt like relentlessly sort of cool. Like, I don't know, like, I just I really enjoyed it and not cool in like a traditional bro sort of way. Cool. Like like just I don't know. I just I really like the way that it felt um, five stars. Like I really I really wow. I really enjoyed it. And there was again, there's some really cool different scenes in it. Um, it's, you know, sort of using the juxtaposition of, you know, a prostitute who has, you know, no feeling or desires anymore versus like, you know, the the immortality of the vampire, like the parallels drawn there in some scenes. Mm -hmm. like It was just really interesting, I thought, and different, again, because I think of that different sort of window into the story. I, I think I was reading one article that called it sort of like a uh, a Persian Western, if that is such a thing. I don't know if I really quite buy the Western thing, but I, I kind of get it. I think it has that feel in some ways. Um but yeah, just really well acted. I really enjoyed it. Uh, what was it? Anna Lily Amirpour? Anna Lily Amirpour, I think is the name of the director and writer of the film. I, I haven't really seen anything else that she's done. Um, she did do a much more better known film, The Bad Batch, a couple years later that had like everybody and their mother in it. It had like Keanu Reeves in it and a bunch of other people. That I don't, I don't yeah, think it did very well. I think it bombed. But I think this earlier film is whew, real good, real, real good. And uh, I'm on your uh, letterboxed page looking at your favorite horror movies year by year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was a fun little exercise I did, too, this week. I'm shocked at the number of Godzilla pictures I'm seeing. Just shocked. Well, in fairness, they disappear later. But uh, yes. Um, yeah. So no Letterboxd has this function where it Kong. lets you make lists. And so what I did is I went by year by year. And I picked my favorite horror movie for every year. Not my favorite movie, my favorite horror movie. So sure. um, there are some years where there was really not much to pick from. Like I 1993, I picked Leprechaun because there was like nothing that year. But that movie sucks. Hey, all I care about is that you picked the people under the stairs. That, that was another year that was a little weak. I got to say. That's, I don't is care. 91. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cube. I think we watched Cube. Yeah, I don't know if I... Or maybe it was Hyper Cube. We probably watched the second one. The first one's a little more horror and gory, and I don't know if you okay. enjoy that one, but yeah. 
Yeah, some real good stuff on this there. I did a little bit of, I don't know if you saw the Twitter thread, I did a little bit of analysis of my picks. Yeah, that was what, that was where I saw the thing and was like, oh. Yeah. Because I was like, you did something with it. This actually makes me want to go through and try to like decide on my favorite movies just total yeah. per year. Now, granted, <coughs> okay, swallowed my tongue there for a minute. Um, despite the fact that I had a serious movie archive when I was in college, there's a lot of classic movies, and I mean classic both in terms of traditional classics and just ones that everyone's talking about that I haven't seen. So I don't know that I'd be the greatest person to do that with. But in fairness, like I, I uh, even like just limiting it to horror movies. Once I get before 1970 on that list, there are years that are missing because I legitimately either I hadn't seen a horror movie from that year because there was only one or two to pick from, or yeah, I couldn't feel strongly enough about actually choosing one, you know? And it just, there's there more was a years thing, missing the earlier you go. So sure. There was a thing going around, um, a couple of weeks ago about like, here's a hundred movies, a hundred classic movies, which how many have you seen? And I think I was over half, but there were some of them that was like, have I seen this or have I just heard enough about it? Yeah. that I know what was going on. And it feels like I've and seen that was it. the thing I had to be honest with myself with when I was doing that list. Cause yeah, there were some of those years that I ended up skipping where I was like, I know enough to know that that's probably the movie I would choose from this year. But being fair, I haven't seen it. So I didn't choose. Yeah. One. I have to, uh, Maybe that's something I'll try to do in 2021 is I need to spend like now I won't watch something unless it's, you know, on a streaming service that I already get. But I should start just renting them. Like I have three or four dollars. I could spend, you know, 10 bucks a week and watch two movies that I probably should see. You know, I just have had this I still th- haven't seen all the lethal oh. haven't seen the lethal weapon movies yeah. like like those kind of things. Like I'm like, there are movies that I should, you know. I'm not sure if I've seen all of Caddyshack. I should probably watch all of <laughs> Caddyshack. So, yeah, I just I've had this thing now for years where like I'll identify a movie that I know I'm going to like. And so like, you know, even if it shows up on a streaming service, I'll add it to my watch list. But then it just sits there and I never watch it because like I, it's a known quantity yeah. to me. I know I'm going to like it, but I finally got to the point where I'm starting to sit down and just watch them because if I never watch them. I, yeah. At some point, I just have to maybe watch we it. need Maybe my wife and I need to make like a, you know, we have date nights and things, but like we're going to start watching Firefly, which again, haven't seen. That's good. So we finished watching Eureka. I think we're going to watch Firefly. Um, but, you know, maybe start going through some of this stuff because there's some stuff that I think she should see that she hasn't seen. She's seen things that I haven't seen. So maybe that would be a nice little activity. Do, Usually we wrap the show up, but I just saw it on. Do you care at all about this new Justice League? That we talked Zach about it Snyder a little bit version? on the show before the Snyder cut. Um, I I care a little bit. Like my interest is peaked, but at the same time, we've allowed Zack Snyder to make several movies at this point. We let him make Man of Steel. Yep. We let him make Batman versus Superman. We let him make the original Justice League. Part of it. Right, part of it, before it had to get fixed or whatever. But, like, he had those other two movies where we know that he doesn't understand why these characters are good. And furthermore, he gives them character traits that are inappropriate and don't fit with the characters at all. Like, 
I don't know who watches Man of Steel and watches Batman versus Superman and says, oh, yeah, this guy gets it. I have to see his Justice League movie. Like, I get it. That movie was butchered after the fact. and They had Joss Whedon come in and reshoot a bunch of it. And the film maybe is less good than it would have been otherwise. But again, who watched Man of Steel and Batman versus Superman and said, oh, yeah, I've got to see this guy's Justice League. So, yeah, not really. Yeah. Um, you know, Justice League was fine. I didn't dislike it, but I didn't love it. Um, the thing that but, I didn't like about you know, Justice League was I watched it sort of back to back on streaming services with Wonder Woman, and they basically had the exact same villain in both movies. Like, if you just yeah called them the same name, they could have been the same. Like, it was just so generic. Yeah, no, I was trying to think about them. My issue with Justice League Steppenwolf is was you tried, League, right? yeah, you tried to do Avengers without spending the four or five years building up the Avengers. Uh-huh. You're gonna do a Flash. You did Aquaman before Aquaman. You have done the Flash. We still don't have a Flash movie yet. You have Cyborg, and there's issues with you know whether or not that character is gonna ever you know come back again. So. You know, you tried to do this big culminating major movie when you weren't ready. Yeah. So, and I always had an issue, you know, I think the TV and the movie universes should just be one and the same. You have a Flash. Like, the Flash from the CW show is good and funny Mm -hmm. and fine. I don't know why. It just wasn't the tone, I guess, they were going for, right? But again, we're talking about a Superman who lets his father die in front of him getting swallowed up yep. by a tornado. And it's like, and then kills a man and he kills a man at the end. But like, this is literally a Superman mind you, who is they, because they went on to show this in justice league. He's literally faster than the flash. So why couldn't he just slowly walk behind the group of people that were watching his yep. father, then move faster then, than time itself to go move his father someplace safe and then be right back yep. where he left from before anybody noticed why couldn't he have done that he was only a teenager he didn't know how or whatever you know what i mean like it's it's just when you're talking about a guy who can literally do anything when you don't let him do anything it's just stupid well and and you're manufacturing drama like that doesn't happen in the in superman comic books jonathan kent is alive Mm -hmm. at least as far as i could you're you're trying to give him an uncle ben I just thought it was ridiculous when, when we ended up in Batman versus Superman. And like the thing that finally brought them together was hearing <laughs> that both of our mothers were named Martha. And I was like, go fuck yourselves, motherfuckers. Like what? What? Yeah. Yeah. It. They're just not. Wonder Woman was good. Wonder Woman was all right. Aquaman was Aquaman was the dialogue was terrible, but entertaining in how terrible it was um, and visually was good. Yeah. But it was, yeah, it's, I'm like, you're not, and I don't know what people think they're going to get from this new Some four of them hour. are so into it. They're like, oh, yes, finally, the movie that was meant to be made, Dark Side. Yeah. And Dark Side will be cool. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But again, as you were saying, when you just sort of release Dark Side onto these people, 
with no buildup from yeah. previous movies. No. How long did they tease Thanos in the Marvel universe? Forever. Unless unless one of the four hours is solely devoted to Darkseid. It's like, who is this person I mean, like, and why should I care? Yeah. Like the, the entire idea of the new gods and apocalypse, like the DC version of the place apocalypse, not the person mm. apocalypse. But I'm looking at the new picture of Steppenwolf from the Snyder cut. And I'm, everyone's like, oh, my God. I'm like, he just looks like he's been attacked by a stapler. It's just <laughs> he's just got small, thin pieces of metal all over his body. He looks like he's stapler man. And it's ridiculous. So having said yeah. that, we've talked about, you know, we have Patreon and we thank our Patreon supporters and we have, you know, this money. I'm like, maybe DDT wrestling needs an HBO Max. account. <laughs> I know you might already have uh-huh. one, but I'm like, maybe we need a Disney plus account. Maybe that's just, you know, I do. I still think then, that we should look to spend some money on some equipment to actually make the show better. Um, before we, we look can into that. We can all that, that other stuff. But not my idea, not my idea that I texted you and didn't hear back that we should get some legitimate. Well, I think we should do that, but I think I should use the excess funds from Simon's gracious gift to do that, because that's exactly Um, what I was told to use those funds on. Okay, so we should do fair. But that's when are we ever going to get back together? I miss you. I sat on your porch for a few minutes. Yeah, but now it's 28 degrees outside. Oh. Well, that's true. <laughs> we could so we'll 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 each get those little microphones. Yeah. We'll sit in separate cars next to each other so we can like look over and see each other and we'll all right, let's try this spicy rabbit. All right, all right. Oh, are you guys going back to school after the holidays? Yes. Our superintendent refuses to close, even though um the town that we live in is flaming red on the map. He says, Well, that's a community outbreak. I'm talking about, we, we would only close if it was a school outbreak. We don't have it in school. It's just in the community. And I was like, where do you think these children live? Yeah. Don't you, don't you think they it's live great when regular people in the with community absolutely nuts. no sort of expertise try to pretend to be an epidemiologist? Uh, I like, this is, our superintendent used to be our principal. I very much liked our principal. He was great. I enjoyed working for him. He became a superintendent, and it's like he's a totally different person. Yeah. And I understand it's a different job. You got to treat it like a business, and you got to make the people happy. But, yeah, we'll, we'll, be, we'll be going back unless, again. Unless there's unless an outbreak kids in get, the school. Unless kids get sick, or there was a town in our state where they had to send 180 staff members home from the schools because of. I saw that. Uh, yeah. So, who the hell knows? But. Right now, the plan is we're going to work till we all drop dead. So, Hooray! my life yeah. has purpose. <laughs> uh, I hope you have enjoyed the purpose of listening to this episode. We're at 248. We is that what this yeah. one is? So, two weeks from today, a reminder are we record? Are we recording? We should, we should be able to record next week, the day before Thanksgiving. I'm not traveling, you're not going to need to do overnight travel. Yeah, I'm, 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 uh, uh. Can I talk any worse today? Um, I am taking all of next week off because fuck work. And so I will record <laughs> anytime you would like. Let me know. Okay. Any day. I've got, we've got com- parent-teacher conferences, but I have managed to, so far, um, not have to work past 4.30 for those. Sometimes you're there till 8 o'clock. Um, so yeah, we should be good. 
Should be good. Should yeah. be good. And all right. But yes, thank you for joining us on this fun-filled episode. We appreciate you. We love you. Doc Manson, anything else you'd like to say before we head out to that good Maybe I'd like to have your thoughts read on the air. Send us a message, podcast at ddtwrestling.com. If you'd like to listen to our whole back catalog, you can find that at ddtpod.com or at your podcast repository of choice. And finally, if you like what you've heard, and how could you? Head on over to patreon.com forward slash DDT wrestling to give just a little bit of financial support to DC and Doc. It helps us keep the lights on and the podcast train a chugging. He is Doc Manson at Doc Manson. I am DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. Have yourselves a fabulous beginning to the holiday. We probably won't talk to you until after Thanksgiving. So this might be our only chance to say gobble, gobble. Hope you enjoy. Stay safe. Don't go crazy with the travel. Uh, Until we meet again, my friends. Won't you be our bestie?